on the line with us is William Perry Penley. Uh, Perry Penley has been standing up for property rights for years uh, here in the West. <clears throat> in addition, he is a former Marine, and uh, he's written an excellent book about Ronald Reagan's Sagebrush Rebel, how Reagan stood up against the environmentalists. And uh, William Perry Penley, welcome to the Americhicks. Hey, good to be with you. Thank you. <clears throat> Uh, something very interesting is happening out in California. Uh, California is <laughs> kicking around. <laughs> yeah. What else, right? <laughs> There's a lot going on in California, but I the fruit and nuts. Well, you know, speaking of that, I think that people think, oh, they're after somebody else. When you talk about property rights, you've stood up for them in the West. And people kind of say, well, it doesn't matter so much to me. That's those rich old property owners. That doesn't matter to me. Uh, but then ultimately with socialism, they run out of other people's money. And so they will come after you eventually. And that's what's happening, I think, out here in California, uh, because they are kicking around the idea of taxing text messages. And this, I think, will go right to the pocket of millennials. What do you think about that, Perry? <laughs> well, absolutely right. And that's what Margaret Thatcher said. Eventually with socialism, you run out of other people's money to tax, and they have to, and they have to find those new sources. And uh, it, it's not surprising California is doing so many crazy things. It's almost insane. Uh, uh, people moving out of the state. It, uh, same experience with New York. All of these places that that believe in that, whether it's uh, Massachusetts or New York or Illinois or California, uh, people trying to get out of Dodge uh, to to avoid that kind of thing, and they. These uh, uh, these progressives that have all sorts of plans for us uh, how to how to improve our lives supposedly and uh, achieve uh, uh, you know the social warriors agenda um, and and they need, they need money to do it and so um, uh, whatever source they can go to they'll go they'll they'll go to that um, it, it just it, it's almost pervasive you know I just noticed uh, I'm getting off topic here but you notice uh, the Gillette has now gone social warrior on us and, and, and telling us how bad and evil men are. And you just think, where's your profit motive in that? How, how, how do you think you're going to grow your company with that and attacking the very people who are buying your product? Uh, but, uh, it, you know, when, when, when their heads are turned by achieving a, a social agenda, uh, then, then nothing else matters. Property rights don't matter. Uh, uh, common sense doesn't matter, and they don't want the customers believe doesn't matter. Well, Perry, what they're saying is uh, taxing these text messages, they want to use then that tax money uh, to help underserved or the poor with their their phones. That's how they get their free phones. That's how they get their free phones. And <laughs> I, said, I, I thought they all had Obama phones. What well, happened to the Obama <laughs> phones? Uh, they they uh, get out of uh, uh, they're no longer as sophisticated as they need. Uh, Obama phones aren't working. <laughs> well, yeah, that's probably true. But what this does, uh, and Chris, feel free free to jump in on this as well. Is it's just kind of almost it's like the American middle class. Those people out there that are trying to make ends meet. They want to take care of their families. They want to grow their businesses, and it, it's almost like death by a thousand cuts. And so, and and then they they push people down. They try to make people more um, dependent on the government. And the way they do that is okay. Here we're going to tax text messages. However, in California, they talk about the poor all the time. 
but they want to tax the middle class. Chris, I see you shaking, uh, nodding up and down. Yeah. So. Well, I'm trying to figure out when California is going to hit that perfect utopia. I mean, it's been as <laughs> left as you could imagine for a long, long time. And, you know, how come they can't figure it out? We're, we're ready to go there on a national level, but a state like California has never been able to figure it out. Well, and well, go ahead, and, Perry. And, 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 and Kim, you make a great point, and this is something Victor David Hansen, who's, what, four or five generations uh, in, the Cal- in the Central Valley, uh, his family were farmers, and the great, uh, brilliant scholar Victor David Hansen has commented on how California has come with essentially the super rich and the super poor, and driving the middle class uh, totally out, out of the state. I mean, your comment about the plan, the idea of why California wants to do this, hey, we want to tax you rich people, you young kids who are text- texting, so we can provide clothes for people that need them. Uh, we saw the same thing decades ago in Colorado, uh, where they said, well, uh, we're going to tax people who use electricity to pay for more electricity for uh, somebody who really can't afford it. Courts threw that out, said, you can't do that. You, that's, that's improper. Uh, we saw the same thing uh, a matter of days ago. Philadelphia passed a tax on soft drinks uh, to try to, number one, get people, poor people to stop drinking sugary soft drinks, at the same time uh, create more money for the schools. Well, the taxes fell 15% below the goal. Uh, people stopped buying sodas. And not only did they stop buying sodas in Philadelphia, they started buying sodas uh, outside the city. And so all these small businesses uh, that were selling sodas uh, started to have to lay off employees and started to lose businesses. Uh, and and what, what progressives say when these things happen is they say, oh, unexpectedly. Unexpectedly, people stopped drinking sodas or uh, started buying sodas somewhere else. So they, you know, unexpectedly, our tax revenue fell. And that's what's going to happen in California. They, somebody will find a workaround. Uh, New Guinea said years ago uh, uh, that in Germany, if they passed a speed limit on on, the, on, on their on their super highways, that they'd eventually vote the people out. In America, when we uh, uh, impose these crazy rules, uh, people go to their lawyers and try to find a workaround. People stop doing those activities, and all of a sudden, those revenues um, that the bureaucrats are talking about they disappear. Well, and and it truly is getting to that point in California. I've been out there recently, where it is the haves and the have-nots. And that is, that's the lip service that socialists say that they are so totally against, is the haves and the have-nots. However, that is exactly what their policies do. Um, I I was at the gas pump the other day, and um, I filled up at $1.99 a gallon, which is almost unheard of. And to that point... You know what? I'm going to I'm going to throw this out there, Perry, and then we're going to go to break. There is this idea in government that it has to grow every year, that everything gets more expensive every year. But from a free market standpoint, that doesn't have to be the case, because I remember when gas was just about four dollars a gallon here. Yeah. And now it's a dollar ninety nine. And I would submit to you. It's because of the creativity and innovation of the oil and gas industry. So let's ruminate on that just a little bit. We're going to go to break. When we come back, we are talking with Chris Cantwell, who's in studio, and William Perry Pinley. And uh, we're talking about socialism. Excuse me. We'll be right back. 
Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation. We are having a conversation with Chris Cantwell. You're in studio. It's great having you here. Good morning. Glad to be here. And William Perry Penley. He is the author of Sagebrush Rebel. It's a story about Ronald Reagan standing up against the uh, almost militant enviros, if you will. And uh, initially, we we started this whole conversation regarding California wanting to tax text messages. Uh, and it, it's kind of evolved really to what socialism does. It's death by a thousand cuts of the middle class, of the American dream. Because these taxes uh, on tax text messages are in California. I, I don't think I've finished the story. I've taken a picture of uh, buying gas at $1.99 a gallon mm-hmm. and sent it to some friends of mine out in California. <laughs> and it's almost $4 a gallon out there. Sure. And it's because they are taxing it so much. Yeah. And uh, so, William Perry Pinley, if we let free markets work and capitalism work, uh, we don't have to have ever-increasing costs. But in government, they make the case, they believe that. When I was on city council, it was almost like there's a, a um, you know, um, what do you call it, a, a point where every year there's going to be a 3% raise on this right. every uh, across the line. It doesn't have to be that way because we can now see that uh, at the gas pump, gas is $1.99 right out here in Colorado. Well, Kim, you make the point about what happened on energy. And it was also, back in 1963, I remember I heard a talk by Paul Harvey going way back. And he he talked about people being pessimists. And he he talked about somebody saying, when whale oil is gone, the world will be plunged into darkness. And and that, that sounds laughable in the modern era. But not so many years ago, experts, real experts, were saying, we're running out of oil. We have pit oil. We've got to find something else to do because there's simply no uh, energy out there. We can't find any more oil, can't find any more gas. And look where we are today. Like you say, what you're paying at the pump. We essentially have a glut in gas. We are, uh, we, we are on, on the verge of energy independence. And it's because of people like my, my late friend, Mick McMurray of Casper, Wyoming, uh, who engaged in this hydraulic fracturing which really created an economic energy and an environmental miracle. Uh, why are we why are we hitting these goals with regard to carbon reduction? Simply because we're uh, developing our natural gas here in this country. And the experts said, "Oh no way, no way, it's not there." And, and the people, because of the free market, like you say, the free market, people said, "Yeah, if I can get paid for this, I'll go out and find it. I'll make it. I'll make it happen." And they went out and did. And that's the thing about government. When I worked in the government, uh, the bureaucrats, year after year, they didn't start at zero to justify their new budget. They started at where they were the last year and said, well, how much of an increase do we get? No, no, no. The, the market doesn't work that way. You didn't, the families don't work that way. They don't say, hey, we're going to spend the same amount. No, no, maybe we don't spend that same amount. Maybe that's futile or wasteful, or we just don't have the money to do it. Not in Washington. That's why I don't think, I think most people are just laughing at these bureaucrats to say, oh, woe is us. Uh, there's a government shutdown. Wow. Well, welcome to the real world. Okay, I'm going to throw something out here because uh, I was talking with a millennial yesterday. <clears throat> And I said, so the TSA, a number of the TSA employees uh, are not, are calling in and not going to work. I think that uh, the other day, 7.6% of the TSA employees 
called in and said that they were not going to go to work because they weren't getting paid. But they, when they took the job, they knew that they are essential employees. And uh, so I said, I just off the cuff said, you know what, uh, I think that they should be fired. And, and, and um, it, it took my friend pause. He kind of stopped and he said, but they're not being paid. And uh, Chris, if you want to jump in on this and then Perry, you know, one of the other things that we do is, is our World War II project. <clears throat> and yes, yesterday, <clears throat> excuse me, yesterday I had the great honor of uh, interviewing a World War II veteran for uh, one of the upcoming shows. He was a litter bearer. He was a combat medic in Patton's Third Army as Patton was tearing across Europe uh, after Hitler. And the, the, just the, what they gave up. I mean, they were in foxholes with no cover uh, in bitter winter. And the reason was is because they were standing against tyranny and evil. And uh, I, I really think these TSA employees... If they took their job seriously, their job is is to keep Americans safe. Mm-hmm. I do find it interesting that the left is so concerned about TSA employees and what their job is is to make sure that we know who's getting on airplanes. But the <laughs> I know left, where you're going. <laughs> but the left doesn't really care about uh, having a, a uh, border security so that we can figure out who's coming into the country. It doesn't seem to match up to me. Yeah, we get rid of customs now, too. Why have that hassle? Exactly. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So, yeah, anyway. I think the airlines would do a better job managing that anyways. I mean, you, you know, have some accountability. When the government runs an operation, it has no accountability. If the TSA is doing a horrible job, who cares? I had, but if the airlines actually managed that, who there got, would be some accountability. Who got on and off the planes because they want to make sure that they take care of their passengers. Absolutely. And their equipment. So, anyway, I think maybe we should do a Ronald Reagan like he did with the uh, air traffic controllers, and I think he should fire them if they don't show up for work. Perry Pinley, what do you think? Well, as, oh, absolutely. And, you know, it's one of the things with Reagan that uh, demonstrated to the Soviets that Ronald Reagan was very serious. Uh, when the Iron Curtain came down and we saw some of the documents behind the Iron Curtain, uh, we discovered that that was, that was a wake-up call for the Soviets. If, he, if Reagan would fire the aircraft controllers, what else would he do? And, uh, and, and, and the answer was almost anything. And uh, it, it really sent out a, a message uh, to uh, to these workers that hey hey the president's serious about this stuff. If if your contract as an employee of the federal government says you cannot go on strike, if you go on strike, you will lose your job. There is no coming back. Well, and and the other thing about it is we know that all of these uh, federal employees are going to receive back pay, and they also get very uh, cushy pensions. Uh, and Chris Cantwell, you know that these these mom and pop operations that you work with all the time, mm-hmm. they don't work forty hours a week. And uh, by the time they are selling their business, I mean their profit margins many times are are not significant. Yeah. It's not like having this this job over with with the government, uh, where they are going to receive their back pay and also receive their pensions. And uh, to your point, Perry Penley, they they gave their word when they took that job as an essential employee. They gave their word and they said that if the government shut down, they would still go to work. And they're backing out on their word. Not everybody, but that was over seven percent the other day. And when they do that, I think that I think they should be fired. So go ahead, Perry. Well, absolutely. I, 
uh, you're not going to get a disagreement from me. And frankly, don't get me started on the TSA. Uh, <laughs> I, I think it's one of the worst agencies in government. The stuff that they do is is ridiculous, and uh, uh, the stories is almost a cliche uh, about the the stuff that's snuck through. Um, and I think it, it all goes back. Frankly, uh, this week is uh, 24 years ago. This week, I argued the Adirond case before the Supreme Court, in which the Supreme Court uh, started to do away with these uh, racial preferences and racial quotas. And one of the things that TSA does, simply because of fear of co-filing, is not use common sense when it does its job. Uh, <laughs> and uh, this is, you know, this is a, so they do it so-called random instead of looking at the people who they think are sneaky or suspicious or uh, fit a profile. Uh, they do a random check, and so you'll uh, you'll have the crazy situation uh, that, that we see at the airport every day. So uh, it would be, be helpful if we get the bureaucrats to do their jobs. They're not doing their jobs. And so uh, most of us are not eager for them to go back to work. Well, I do hope that they get some of this stuff uh, opened back up because uh, Chris was mentioning, because the SBA is closed down right now, that that uh, people want to buy and sell businesses, they're they're not able to do that because they're waiting for you know some approval there. So I I'd like to get them back to work, but apparently uh, you know Donald Trump was in Washington all weekend waiting for people to come and make a deal while while Nancy Pelosi was with thirty other Democrat um, congressmen and senators in Puerto Rico partying it up. And the reason is, is because I don't think that they really care about the middle class, because if you have a vibrant middle class, which is what's been so unique about America, then you can't have the haves and the have nots. And it takes away the power of those people at the top. So, Perry Pinley, your final thought. And then uh, Chris Cantwell, your final thoughts. So, Perry. Well, I do hope they come to the table and and, and make an agreement. But uh, protecting uh, protecting Americans is paramount. Uh, I, I was working with a family uh, not so many uh, months ago who lost a young son, 32 years old, murdered by an illegal alien that but for the actions of the city of Denver would have been deported to Mexico. And that young man, 32 years old, prime of life, uh, would still be with us. And uh, I, I believe the president's doing the right thing on this. It's clear that Pelosi and Schumer don't care about security and keeping us safe in America. And, and, and here we are, a couple thousand miles away from the Mexican border, and it affects us here in the city of Denver. Wow. Yeah. Uh, okay, Chris Cantwell. Yeah, and you know, I saw yesterday there was a bunch of angel moms that, that went to D.C. and were standing in front of Chuck and Nancy's offices, and they both shut their doors, locked their doors, and neither of them would go address those moms. And the angel moms, they are mothers of uh, children that have been killed by illegal aliens, right? Correct, yeah. They wouldn't even listen to him. I mean, that it just, uh, I can't. It's so disappointing on so many levels. You know, we have really moved, I think, away from the, the vision of the founders where we had representative government. Uh, and actually, Perry, we have just a minute more, and I'd like your comment on this. I heard one of the new Colorado representatives, no, no, it was a national representative, where she said, we are here to pass legislation. And I had to stop because that is not the job of the people that we elect is to pass legislation. Perry Pinley, your comment, and then we're just about done with the show. Well, that's absolutely. I, I think there ought to be fewer laws. Uh, Congress ought to be uh, not uh, passing new laws. They ought to be repealing laws. Uh, uh, about, uh, somebody said uh, a couple of years ago that there are so many laws that 
on the books that everybody's possible that could be charged with three felonies a day. That's how insane it is. I, I, I think that when something tragic happens, it would be uh, welcome news if somebody from Congress stepped in front of a microphone and said, this is tragic and terrible and sad, but there's not a law to pass to fix it. This is a, a societal problem. This is an emotional problem. This is a, a, a state problem or a local problem. We have just too many of that. And uh, I, I think, uh, it, frankly, what Congress ought to be doing is holding bureaucrats accountable, uh, enforce the laws that we have on the books, and uh, hold these agencies accountable for what they do. Uh, that's not happening. Okay, well, thank you, Perry. Chris, your final thoughts. Yeah, and, and for business owners, it's regulations, right? I mean, we have oh, all these regulations out there, and a regulation simply is a penalty on a business owner for never doing anything wrong. They penalize them out of the gate and say, just because you're a business owner, we know you're going to do something wrong, so we're going to have these regulations. And regulations have the power of law, but they're not written by lawmakers. Well, and I think that's one of the reasons that the bureaucrats and the establishment is going crazy with Donald Trump is because he is walking back regulations, and we're seeing we're seeing businesses thrive and prosper. We are, absolutely. It, I mean, it's simple economics. Okay, well, Chris Cantwell, thank you so much for being with us. Perry Pinley, thank you so much. Uh, you guys both have a great day. Okay, and uh, we were talking about property rights, and John Adams, back in 1787, they understood it. He said, the moment the idea is admitted into society that property is not as sacred as the laws of God, and that there is not a force of law and public justice to protect it, anarchy and tyranny commence. If thou shalt not covet, and thou shalt not steal, were not commandments of heaven, they must be made inviolable invaluable precepts in every society before it can be civilized or made free. So it's 2019. Read great books. Think good thoughts. Listen to beautiful music. Communicate and listen well. Live honestly and authentically. Strive for high ideals. And like Superman, strive for truth, justice, and the American way. But tell them if I don't serve.